0: all righty the voice of the bears Art just promised joins me how are you sir i'm great are you good and this is basically going to be question and answer with you and i basically i ask you stuff and you know we ask stuff and go back and forth okay and luther where are you talking to me from i'm talking to you from nashville tennessee okay I don't know if you've actually been to this part of the country. It's been a while. Been to Nashville, actually. It's been, been quite a while it's, since I've been down there. Oh, really? When did you first decide that you wanted to be an actual broadcaster telling the stories of athletes? Uh, when did I decide I wanted to be a broadcaster? Yeah, when did, you, when did you decide to be a broadcaster and want to tell the
1: stories of yeah. athletes who you cover and things like that for um, you? Probably when I was in early high school. I just had a great interest in sports and, and in the media. And I kind of made a, you know, uh, not only paid attention to the athletes at that time, but to the broadcasters and how they went about their business. Uh, so i majored in broadcast journalism in college and uh, i've I've been doing it ever since who were the broadcasters when you were growing up that you paid attention to radio or tv side
0: i know you i know you preferably would rather have done radio which you still do but who were like radio and tv guys that you followed and said wow these are the guys that i want to be
1: yeah i mean back in those days uh kurt gowdy was the the, the big guy on on national sports uh, he would have most of the things but uh you know jack buck uh, definitely jack buck loved that guy uh, radio there was a guy named gene elston who was the houston astros broadcaster and i liked his style so uh, there there were a number of them uh I, I wouldn't say just really one or two in particular
0: I guess they probably due to the fact that they brought their own unique style which allowed them to actually do the job. Right Is that one of the biggest reasons
1: why you enjoyed what listening to them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the, the just the basic structure of how they presented the information and and yeah, then radio, that style comes into play maybe a little more than T V because of the absence of pictures. Mm. And that's where you have to be more descriptive and, and unique, maybe, than uh, than you do on TV.
0: Now, how did you get the Missouri State job? I think you just completed, what, your 41st year, I guess, my math is right? That's 40th, yeah. 40, somewhere in there. Yeah. 1980, but in 1980, when you <clears throat> became the lead voice... Were you just always a football and basketball and no baseball or are you still
1: Yeah or were there three sports that you still do now? Uh, it was football and basketball and uh, Missouri State was southwest Missouri State then and it was a division two school. K T M O for a while. Well, uh, KWTO was the Oh
0: KWTO. Yeah, okay now so i um, remember they had it on ktmo for a little bit when It was only
1: a 15 minute pre show well so i mean the first station i worked for was kgbx here in springfield they had the rights to the bears games oh and i, I got, got hired at age 21 to be their sports director so <coughs> that in, involved not only doing daily sports casts, but but doing the Bears football and basketball games. So I started doing that when I was 21 years old, and they already had a guy that had been doing the games since the early 50s. Uh, so he oh, was yeah. in his 50s by then. But uh, he and I did the games together for four years, and we just got along great and had a great relationship. And then actually, I, I moved to Dallas for four years and worked in that market because I'd gone to college in Dallas and had, had gotten to know some people, kept up some contacts. But in 1985, we moved back to Springfield because then the university had moved up to Division One. It was a more attractive situation, and I've been here ever since. Was that a tough
0: call when you had to leave Missouri State as a number two to go to Dallas? Or did you feel like you had to figure, or or did you figure, okay, I had to leave Missouri for a while, go to a bigger market, and then
1: if the job came back open again, come back and reapply for it? Yeah. Uh, it was, because I had grown to love Springfield and the university so much, and Matt and married my wife, and really, in four years here, got very deeply involved in the community. Uh, but the circumstances had changed. Uh, KGBX dropped sports. I went to a different station in Springfield. That was not as good a situation, and that really oh, wow. was the impetus uh, to, to get me looking, uh, and person in Dallas had kind of kept an eye out for me and uh, he told me about this opening and and so I was able to get that and even though we only stayed four years that really was uh, a, a good thing of personal and career growth uh, to, to get out of my comfort zone and get to a major market and do the things there and show myself that I could do them uh, and, and my wife and I to uh, you know make new friends and kind of relocate but like, say, then when we had our first child, uh, a whole lot of things uh, came together that year and, and we made the decision to come back uh, because then the university hired me to work for them in the athletic department and do the games. And like, say, now they're Division One, whereas they've been Division Two before. So uh, that was, I mean, we, I, I sometimes still look back and think, what if we'd stayed in Dallas? But... Uh, <laughs> You know, we we don't regret at all the decision to come back. And obviously, it's it's worked out very well ever since. What was the broadcast equipment like from when you started to when you left to when you came back? Well, In not, eighty-five is the voice of the team. It, it wasn't too different both between nineteen eighty-one and eighty-five. I mean, uh, it was by today's standards pretty primitive. You know, we just, <laughs> uh, and and everybody did. I mean, we all we had were telephone lines. Oh yeah, I remember listening to those games on telephone line in the '90s. Yeah, so just old fashioned, uh, hopefully equalized telephone lines, and then ISDN became really popular there for about ten years, uh, to where that was a, a definite upgrade on uh, on just the phone line. And we never used that at, at Missouri State. We we still just use the plain old phone lines. But the the big revolution was digital, mm-hmm. uh, and. I mean, I say it's probably been just in the last six or seven years. I mean, now we had we had uh, we had e- equipment uh, that use the phone line, but give you pretty close to studio quality going back to probably 2000. But about the last six or seven years now, we've gone entirely digital to where we don't use phone lines. Uh, we're just over the internet. We we punch in an IP address at the radio station and instantly connects, and, and that is our means of transmission, so uh, you get studio quality, and uh, that now, you know, you, you think it, you shouldn't have dropout, but sometimes you do, based on, we had that happen at the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament just a week ago.
0: Yeah, I, I remember when I was listening to the Northern, to Jerry Ryma in Northern Iowa, they had
1: the internet and some of the power of press robo out. Yeah, we didn't have that, but uh, I was uh, on the first day at the same position as uh, Mike Reese, Southern Illinois, and he warned me that uh, he, he got uh, disconnected twice. Oh, wow. And uh, I, I've got a, uh, uh, from the radio station here, and I mean, I it's kind of complicated. Uh, most of the equipment belongs to Learfield, which is uh, the agent for the university and, and just about every School of the country now uses Learfield. Yeah, Learfield IMG College is now one big but, one, in, one entity now. But the radio station here in town—that's our flagship—provides me with this uh, Verizon portable tower, to where I can pretty well anywhere there's a Verizon signal. I, I can—it's I, like I bring my own internet. So that's mm-hmm. what I did in St. Louis that first day. I just uh, rather than be hardwired into the arena, which was not. Uh, Holding up, I I used the Verizon tower and had no problem. But uh, you know that that's our backup to be able to uh, to get uh, online whenever we need. To.
0: Has Missouri State always been in the Missouri Valley Conference? Because I was thinking about this before we started. The Missouri Valley Conference, when it's made the NCAA tournament, has held their own against the big boys of the Power Five, especially Northern Iowa. One year when they knocked out Kansas right. in the round of thirty-two.
1: Right. Uh, we've been in the Missouri Valley since 1990-91, so exactly 30 years. And in '99, uh, we went to the Sweet 16, beating Tennessee and Wisconsin along the way. Uh, so we went to uh, to New York, uh, to New Jersey, to the old uh, Nats Arena there in New Jersey, and played dude, mm-hmm. which was kind Got of the line. number one seed. And did goes it. to them, but that's uh, that's the only time we've been to the Sweet 16
0: and then when you guys do, when you do football I guess what's
1: the difference with the sound quality compared to when you're doing football to when you're doing basketball well we use the same equipment uh, for and, and baseball too for that matter uh, ah, okay. it, it's the same equipment um, so it shouldn't be any real difference in sound quality or uh, the, the means of, of transmission. I just not a different person works with me for football and for basketball and for baseball, but everything else is the same. And your title is director and broadcaster? Not really. I mean, my title is a marketing specialist in the Department of Marketing and Communications. I'm, I'm not really even in the athletic department uh, as a full-time job. So, like, what is your role, even though you're not in the athletics department? Like, uh, I'm in charge. What all entails in that? Yeah, I'm in charge of the licensing program for the university. So, uh, making sure our federally registered logos and word marks are properly used. Uh, and again, uh, Learfield IMG College is the uh, partner that we have for that. Uh, it's two different. Uh, you, you got the licensing side, and you got the media side and we've been a Learfield media school for um, a number of years. Mm -hmm. We went from IMG to Learfield on the licensing side and then when they merged, uh, now it's all one entity anyway. And uh, they, they, uh, they capture the royalties that we earn for anything with our name, likeness, logos on it uh, they enforce if anybody you know uh, unauthorized bootleg wrong use of the logos or anything uh, they, they've got an enforcement mechanism that tries to take care of that and then we try to promote our our uh, goods out in the retail marketplace You know, just both for visibility from Missouri State and also for the, the royalty revenue that that generates what
0: was it like going to the Super Regionals against Arkansas and Fayetteville a
1: couple of years ago well, uh, and and we went uh, we went to Super Regionals twice here in a, in a three-year span. Really? In 2015, you're probably talking about when we hosted the Regional and won it. And then we went to Fayetteville for the Super Regional and lost to them two games to one. That was really a memorable weekend. I mean, they, they routed us the, the first day and beat our ace pitcher and uh, talking to their people afterwards in the restaurants that night is, oh, you know, y'all had a bad game. You'll, you'll, you'll bounce back. Well, the next day, yeah, we bounced back. We beat them the next day. And they weren't so nice, uh, that, that Saturday night. <laughs> <'cause>, no, <it's laughs> I can tell you not. <laughs> the next day, and they beat us three to two in the championship game. Uh, but and there, two, and two, as we... Go
0: ahead. And as we know, whatever sport you're in, every game tells its
1: own story. You don't keep the same storyline. Right. So we got crushed on Friday. We beat him on Saturday with a really good pitcher who's still in the Red Sox organization. And they had Andrew Benintendi. and I think he went one for five with three strikeouts. Uh, And then they beat us three to two on Sunday. So then two years later, we went back for the regional at Fayetteville and we won the region. Uh, we, we beat Oklahoma State on a walk-off home run the first day, and then we end up beating Arkansas uh, in the finals. So that was sweet revenge uh, on their field <laughs> to win that. Yeah, but unfortunately, when you got to Supers, he probably didn't go so great. ran into TCU, and that was a good experience. Um, you know, I know a lot of people in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so to get back there, but uh, unfortunately, we didn't uh, didn't do very well in the two games.
0: When you get the chance to visit with your Missouri Valley Conference broadcast brother, and what does it mean to you since you've been around like the voice of Illinois State and the voice of Southern Illinois and all the other people that have been around for a while? Does it feel like old homecoming week or? Yeah. Does it change like every year?
1: Uh, no, every year? I mean, the there's, Several of us that have been at it a long time, <laughs> and in 2006 the Valley had its centennial celebration. Really? And they had a gala on a Sunday afternoon at a theater in downtown St. Louis, and brought back a lot of the old uh, people from the league history, including Oscar Robertson. I was there. Wow. Cincinnati was in the Valley back when he played, and Larry Bird did not come, but. Oscar did, and of course Jackie Stiles from our school, and Ed McCauley from St. Louis University was alive then, and they'd been in the Valley for many years. So that was really a nice day. And they had the 4 longtime play play-by-play guys kind of break up the interviewing and emceeing duties, and that was myself and Mike Reese and Dave Snell from Bradley and Mike Kennedy from Wichita State. Of course, they were in the league at that time. Uh, mm-hmm. but then I'd throw in uh, Rima. I mean, he's only been maybe 25 years at his school. And
0: what about uh, the other guy, Dick? Um,
1: Dick the, Yeah, him. Illinois State, I mean, he's yeah. he's been, now he, he had a hiatus there and that <clears throat> he, he got out for a few years and uh, pursued his full-time job at State Farm, which is based in Bloomington, Ooh. Illinois. Right. He works in their corporate office or did. Uh, so he was probably out for five years, and they mm-hmm. went through several other people, and then he got back in. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of like me, because I, I, a long time ago, had the four years in Dallas and then got back. So uh, that, that's the thing, it, really, at these jobs, people tend to hold on to them for a long time. And uh, then Brian Fritz at Indiana State, he's, uh, uh, he's, he's been there a good number of years, too.
0: Now I've heard of, I've not heard any NSA broadcast on TuneIn, but I've heard your work on TuneIn, and when I've gotten to chance to listen to it, and same thing with Mike Reese and Illinois State as well. Yeah. So I, I've listened to a few teams in the Missouri Valley, and I've gotten the opportunity. But do you feel like you Do you feel like you have a style that's all your own? Do you feel like you still draw on the old? guard of the broadcast fraternity that was before you
1: you know I, I think I think when I do baseball Denny Matthews of the Royals comes out mm-hmm. because I've just heard him do baseball for so many years I just think that's how it's supposed to be done um, uh, sometimes he'll throw in little wordplay or puns uh, his home run call is Vin Scully's home run call he is my home run because there's really? no, nobody better than Ben Scully, um, so just little subtleties. Uh, uh, I, I think I, I I mimic Denny Matthews. Now, football and basketball. I think probably I, I have my own style with those.
0: What's your basic game prep for like different sports? And I know with uh, everything with the virus going on, which changed with pretty much everything in basketball. But what would normal game prep
1: be for football basketball or baseball well football um i learned in an early age you know to make a a spotting chart of both teams and i mean i, I keep let's say Missouri state that's the team i work for so i right I, I keep that year i just make one and then i'll it'll look terrible by the end of the year because i've written and uh, and X'd out and you know sometimes I'll put stuff over where I've Xed out but it's essentially the same one players get hurt and different people start and all that but I've, I've got the offense and defense on either side and then I prepare one for the opposing team every week I try to do that as early in the week as I can at least lay out the and I've got them I mean and there are there are uh, online deals now that most people do that uh, there are uh, formats that they can go to and type it up online. I still hand write them uh, like I always have. So I've got years and years and years of these things that I can go back and refer to if I need to. But it's basically the offense and defense uh, and key reserves of our team and the other team and records, scores, uh, you know, pertinent stats about the teams and the individuals, the coaches, how many years they've been there, what the record is, just some historical notes there to put things in perspective and then the trick is to draw on those at the right time during the game and you're not just reciting random stats but mm-hmm. when the situation comes up that you've got something there to kind of make that point stronger that you know this team's really been giving up a lot of yards on the ground but but they're they're doing a lot better today and, and then you'll have time numbers to day. back that up and yeah. So. Hey. no Toastmasters so Is
0: this one on of those When well, you do football PM. And basketball And baseball Is there anything Since you've been doing this for so long That still kind of catches you off guard A little bit That you may not have been
1: Prepared or ready for Oh, sure. I mean, that, that happens. Uh, we, we played Wichita State <clears throat> years ago in the conference tournament. And, you know, what you have to go on are the the, the notes and the stat sheets and talk to people. Uh, Wichita State brought this guy in off the bench that I didn't even have on my sheet. And I'm usually, you know, if anybody's played more than 10 minutes, he's on there. Well, it was right. this Ron Baker guy. This blonde, flop-haired guy from Western Kansas. Hey,
0: Mr. Baker, who, yeah, we, we pretty much know who he is now.
1: <laughs> but he'd been hurt all year uh, since early in the season. Well, they busted him out on us at the conference run, and he, uh, he, he beat us that day. So I was a little wow. caught off, off guard by that. Uh, but, you know, with headsets on, sometimes you miss PA announcements, isn't
0: uh, it? Yeah, I, I've, I've had that happen in high school because when i've done high school basketball it can kind of be hectic because i'm trying to keep an ear on my spotter who's helping me out and i'm also trying to make sure that i got all the pertinent information myself because i only just keep a notebook in both rosters
1: yeah but i mean there'll be a pitching change i mean it's it's evident if there's a pitching change during the inning but maybe there's a new pick mm -hmm. to start the inning and you know um i'm doing a read or looking at something and I look up and I don't realize there's a new picture in the, the, the previous guy was right-handed the next guy's right-handed and, you know, so, so just really concentrating on that
0: and the thing is I'm wondering like two when did ago, you start doing your sports rent, show and hey, how long have you been doing no this or did that start with you being in Texas before coming back
1: to Springfield. Yeah, I I did a a 30-minute sports talk show in Springfield on KGBX probably in 1978, 9, and 80. And then when I was in Dallas, I was the fill-in, kind of the backup, uh, on a similar show, which was from 6 to 7 in the evening. Mm -hmm. So I ended up, you know, a couple days a month, or if, if Brad Sham was the, and he's still the voice of the Cowboys to this day, Mm-hmm. He was the primary host of the show, so, uh, you know, I would, I would be the fill-in host on that. And then uh, back here since 1995, I've been doing that uh, afternoon show on KWTO, so that's going on 25 years of that. Did you take the same format that you did when you started
0: in Texas to carry over to now, or did you have to mm. tweak anything?
1: Uh Well, pretty much the same, and in that, uh, you know, you kind of do headlines of the day to start out, kind of laying like the, the groundwork, these are the big stories of the day in sports nationally, locally, and you can editorialize a little bit about that because it's the kind of show, and then you open up phone lines, and you have guests sprinkled in there too, so I find some nights in Springfield, even now, that it's challenging to do a two-hour show if the phone isn't ringing or at least not ringing enough. So I try to have, and then it's a delicate balance. You know, okay, I have guests. Well, once the guests, I'm done with the guests, that may have killed the, the, the show as far as phone calls are concerned. So you kind of have to have a mix of, of guests and, 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 and callers. Uh, and if if you have neither, then I'm just talking until the phone rings or until the show ends. So I I prefer to have something to someone to talk to besides me just babbling.
0: What are your thoughts from the basketball season with former TSU head coach Dina Ford? When you first met him, what were your overall thoughts
1: compared to now? Now that he's finished up, what is it? Year three or four? Two. Really? two. He's just two. Two years uh well fantastic when i first met him and i still think that of him as a person i mean he is just uh he gets it he's he's a cool guy he's very authentic uh he's very transparent he's easy to interview i mean most of our coaches have been with a couple of exceptions but they understand you got a job to do and kind of after after they've been coaching a while you hopefully it becomes instinctual that you, you know kind of what the interviewer needs from you, and and, and that's to communicate something to the fans, to the, the listeners. So he, he's he's as good a coach to work with as I've ever had. Final couple of questions for you, because I know I've helped you way more than, you know, I expected
0: to. But thank you for being gracious with your time. Yeah, no problem. And hopefully we might be able to do this again, hopefully. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> of all the coaches you've had to work with over the years with Missouri State <clears throat> who are your favorites and why like what different things for different coaches that you've worked with in all your sports that you've dealt with at Missouri State do you feel like you've dealt with better than others and what did they bring to you that you felt like you've learned from
1: them yeah uh, well of course one of the not way, way back when I was here the first time, but since I've been right. back in 85, Charlie Spoon Hour was the late spoon. Yeah. I mean, and interestingly, just this weekend, somebody sent me a video of one of his uh, routines that he, I mean, he would practically do. he wasn't really stand up comedy, but it was pretty much the same because he would be telling these <laughs> folksy stories about his early coaching career in high school and the circumstances he was under and the, these, wild names rooster this and you know rooster marnie or whatever boyle swindle and uh, <laughs> i mean he was just so funny but he was a heck of a coach and uh, our post-game radio uh, sometimes just gold and it wasn't because of me i mean i was <laughs> i was the uh, the straight guy and, and he just hit him over the fence
0: do you do you still do you still have any of that audio or did you still go back to it from time to time do you still
1: have it uh you know i've got a bunch of old cassettes that some of that is on and uh, <laughs> uh but, yeah but i mean he was he was fantastic and then jumping to the present with, with dana i mean at steve alford is i mean he was a really good communicator and he's the one that really got coaches shows going we didn't do those until he got here and he's you know why aren't we doing a radio show so Now, we do that for football and basketball. Uh, uh, On on the football side, uh, Terry Allen was our coach two coaches ago, and we got to be very close friends, very good communicator. Uh, Jesse Branch was our coach the last time we were very good, and that was a long time ago, but uh, had two back-to-back playoff teams, and we're still very good friends. He's still very involved. Even though he's retired now and living in Arkansas, uh, he gets back two or three times a year.
0: So, for you, what do you feel like when you finally decide to hang up that set? What do you feel like you want your broadcast legacy
1: and your legacy as a person
0: to be when well, people remember you?
1: Yeah, I hope that people will think I treated them well. That I treated people well. That I was polite and respectful uh, to callers and uh, and to listeners. <coughs> uh, and you know, again with the coaches that we're we're talking with each other, but the reason we're doing that is to inform the listeners. So uh, I hope people will think that I was uh, kind and respectful, but also professional uh, in representing the university. I, I really think it's important to have a, a lot of passion for what you do, uh, and and I think that comes across in my broadcast for the Bears and and what we've done, with Chiefs. So uh, just. I hope they think I was a good person, a professional at, uh, at my jobs. I was going
0: to get to the Chiefs, but I know i probably kept you more than expected. But I know you've been getting texts and a few other things that probably going to get back to handling your business from home, most likely, about Missouri State and keeping an eye on what the Missouri Valley is going to do and when, whenever your broadcast schedule probably gets back going again, whenever that is. But do you feel like you're going to be back with the Chiefs,
1: even though they've switched to the flagship station? Well, that's looking good. Just since uh, day before yesterday, really. Uh, I, I did not expect to have an opportunity to continue because of the switch and the fact that the uh, the new rights holder has an all-sports station. Mm-hmm. They've got plenty of people to do what I do, <clears throat> but uh, uh, there there may be an opportunity after all. So uh, I'll uh, that that's unofficial at this point. All right. And I, I,
0: I didn't want to ask anything that was not official or, you know, yeah, anything but, lighter, like that, because I, I know with contracts and the fluidity and everything else, things
1: can change. Yeah, but that, that may be, I mean, if or, well, I, I kind of kissed that goodbye, and I thought what a way to go out was to win the Super Bowl on our last broadcast. But
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about, like, what was the difference? from the complete network to one station when you guys were carrying all the playoff games when y'all made the championship, and then it basically it was the flagship station and everybody else got pulled away to the national feed, and then the same thing with the Super Bowl when y'all made it there. What was the difference from having the whole network where you carried the whole pre show and then... Yeah. The national network just slid in and took the rest of your broadcast and, you know just carried it on one network even though you guys kept the same
1: billboards yeah we did the exact same job but obviously we were aware that it was just the one station carrying the game itself we were able to feed our full regular network an hour of pregame, and then a half hour after the game ended we got our network back and you know the game got over about nine and we stayed on the air till midnight under the circumstances, but uh, uh, I mean, we, you're aware that you're not in, you know, Iola, Kansas, and Marshall, Missouri, and, you know, sure. wherever on our network. It's just mm-hmm. a but it, it, it was Kansas City, and that's the, the main station, and um, a lot of people were upset in, in the outlying area that they could be <laughs> get our broadcast, and that, you know, that's gratifying that they, they get so attached to to Mitch and, and the people that do the broadcast that they want to uh, Wanted to have that, but it, it's a good problem to have when your team goes that far that that puts a situation.
0: Mr. Haynes has been above and beyond a pleasure to do this with you, and hopefully get a chance to do another interview, and hopefully maybe sometime soon down the road we can catch up to hopefully.
1: Sounds good. Luther,
0: my pleasure. Three, Anytime. Uh, thank two, you. Five, yes, sir. Six, seven, and that was four, the Voice of the makers, Art Haynes. Six, seven, and seven, Kevin We got into the Chiefs, we got into the Missouri State Bears, and that will do it for the Blind Broadcaster Pod interview number one. If you enjoy this podcast, please please subscribe, rate, review, and spread the word to your friends, family, and everybody that would want to listen to this podcast. Then stand by, we will have more interviews and more fun. On the Blind Broadcaster Pod, two, zero, we just have to wait and see two, who the next guest will be four. for episode and interview two. The so until then, this is Luther King reporting for the Blind Rockers. Broadcaster Podcast. Two, two, have a good two, day, everybody, and you can two, three, catch all the podcasts on your favorite podcast platforms: Spotify, Apple Pod, Stitcher, Google Play and wherever you get your podcasts.